Welcome to another episode of the Neurotech Human Enhancement Podcast. And today we have an amazing guest with us. We have no other than D Zibera. I hope I said that right. Dee is a nutritionist, a PT, and really an educator. She, she gets in and educates teens about the importance of nutrition, the science behind it, and what they, they can do from a nutrition and a mindset perspective to really get on track. She also does this for clients and anybody in between. So Dee has an amazing background in the whole psychology and nutrition, and that's what we're going to touch on today the psychology of nutrition, as well as the science, what we can learn from this and how to combine both to get the most out of it and really how we can optimize our individual lives to be the best versions of ourselves. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. So for everybody who's listening, we have with us Dee Zibara. I hope I said that correctly. It's Zibara, but you're Zibara. close enough. So close, so close. So, so yeah, close. Z, if you want to take away, I'd love to your background because it's always interesting i always love to kick it off with getting people to explain why they do what they do and really how they got there how their how their story their experience and their background led them to where they are and why they do what they do absolutely well uh i think it started for me in year 12 mm. i became a crazy studier i was actually like the biggest nerd a friend of mine um was nerdy with me and we decided we were going to smash the HSC. So we basically spent every uh, lunchtime at the library like studying and I got like really into my study and, you know, I spent a lot of time, I guess like worrying and stressing. Like I, you know, I'm just kind of that person. Naturally I overthink yeah. things. I, you know, uh, just very like, you know, competitive too. And I, I can relate put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, just like you and, and Phil, I know I, from all the stuff that I've seen, you know, you just ambitious type A personality. You just want to achieve everything you possibly can. Do it, so do I put it, a lot it. of pressure on myself. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that kind of put me under a lot of stress. And I realized at that time, because I wasn't really, didn't really know how to look after myself. You know, my family didn't really, you know, they're not, I don't really come from a healthy family. You know, we're kind mm. of middle class, run of the mill. Um, we thought we were eating healthy, but you know, it's a, it was a lot of like processed refined foods and like junk food and pyramid. you know, we thought we were doing fine. <laughs> totally, yeah, exactly. Not even that good. Um, but it was kind of like there was four kids in the family. So it was like, you know, we got six mouths to feed. So mm -hmm. what's kind of cost effective and we'll just fill everybody yeah. up. Um, and it was in year 12 where I sort of went from having like, you know, kind of normal skin to like full blown cystic acne, like could not put a finger on my face without touching a pimple. Um, and that was kind of my first sign of, you know, something wasn't quite right. Um, then like, I obviously, um, you know, those, that kind of happened all throughout that stressful time, that, that year 12 period. And I think our school put a lot of emphasis on, you know, um, trying to be the best person that you can be with giving yourself the best opportunity in terms of uni, you know, university, because yeah. that was really our, our, you know, our option for life. All focused um, on like what you're going to get out of school. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's funny because like now my mindset is so switched. It's like there's no one defining moment in anyone's life. I don't believe, yep. you know, I think it's very much, you know, you can learn from any experience, in any, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, it's, it's all about learning as opposed to this is good, this is bad, this is, you know, this is, this moment weighs the significant. So yeah, it's kind of funny how, how mentally I think so, so differently now. Um, but yeah, so basically this, the cystic acne um, was my first kind of indicator that something in my body wasn't quite right. And then I got diagnosed with PCOS and I didn't know anybody who had it. I didn't know anything about PCOS. it. I told, 
Yeah, PCOS. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome and ah, okay. seven out of 10 women actually have it. So it's 70% prevalence. <laughs> And I'm and, sure that that's an Australian statistic. I'm sure that that's not a US statistic. That's a lot though. Um, it is heaps. And I can't tell you the amount of clients that I have, uh, females who are like, oh, yeah, I've got this and this and this. Oh, and I have PCOS and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and, and basically what it is, is it's um, a hormonal syndrome where basically female hormones are not quite regulated. They're not quite right. We don't have normal cycles. Um, mm. Either we have too much of one hormone. So there's all these different types of PCOS that you can have. Um, and basically it just means that our kind of perfect, you know, cycle is disrupted and it's either too long or too short. Then you either have, you know, really like heavy, crazy periods or none at all. And for me, it was none at all. And I had been somebody who had done sport like crazy, like my whole life, just always, you know, very, very sporty, very athletic. Getting hit with that wouldn't have been fun. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and I think that I got all the kind of wrong information around nutrition when I was sort of, you know, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, I would be doing Taekwondo. Tuesday nights, I would be doing fitness for netball. And Thursday nights, we'd be doing skills for netball. And then Saturdays, I would have my normal, you know, netball competitions. And then Sundays, we'd have like rep rep carnivals for netball. So it was like every single day I was doing like, yeah, exactly. And and I think that kind of like all of that kind of led up to this this sort of point. And like I said, with the nutrition, I, I don't think I was given great advice you know the I'm pretty sure I was a dietitian at the time that was kind of looking after us Mm -hmm. and her advice really at that time was kind of just fill her up with food so she doesn't get you know tired and lethargic and I don't think that yeah yeah exactly it was like calories in calories out and and I think intuitively I could feel that that wasn't quite working for me um yeah, and and I, I knew that there was more to the equation, you know, and I, it kind of like got me really inquisitive about learning more about food. The funny thing was, though, is that I sort of started with this health journey of, you know, PCOS. And as soon as you get diagnosed with something, a syndrome or a condition, you immediately become like an expert. So like you, you like Google like Google. crazy. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. And, and you ask everybody, like, what worked for you? And then you watch this, like, blog or vlog or, you know, uh, this was this person's experience and then this is what they took and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people, um, I know and a lot of women anyways, mm-hmm. sort of diagnose themselves with things in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I def- definitely had, you know, I definitely did have PCOS, but I became an expert. And I find that a lot of people kind of become the expert when they have a syndrome or a condition it becomes topical for them and they have to go and dig into totally. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. Exactly. And, and, and because it's relevant to them, you know, it's what they understand because they, they experience that and they know what it's like. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you read textbooks or you, if you're trying to understand like the body in any way, it's hard. If you don't have any references to what, what, you know, a textbook is saying, it just kind of goes in one ear out the other or over your head. So it's unless you actually, you have no base understanding, yeah. no context. You're just like, ah. That's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I assume it's the same for, for, for you and Phil. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for you guys, having, you know, Neurotech is probably has stemmed. And I know it has because I listened to your, your sort of first podcast, cool. um, like the founder's podcast, your discussion with Phil. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it started with your own experience of, you know, 
having that demand and this kind of capacity where, you know, you're probably enjoying uni life at the same mm -hmm. time, but this high mm -hmm. demand meant that there was kind of this gap that you were looking to fill. Yeah. And, and I find that that's the case for most people, especially most people who like me, not only become interested in, um, you know, health, but they become like obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe it's a healthy obsession. <laughs> It's like an obsession with obsession. health, so you hope it's a healthy obsession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, it's kind of led me to realise that there are other ways of doing things, not just going to the medical doctors. And I've been kind of on this journey for like over 10 years um, mm -hmm. on a personal note. Um, so, you know, like it's been a lot of time in the making for me to sort of get here to where I am. But there was also like a couple of years where, Firstly, was researching and trying to understand for the sake of my own personal benefit. And then mm -hmm. it was like, hold on a second, I've got all this information and so I've, I've learned from all these, yeah, I've learned from all these gurus and, and now I want to I help other women because this is so common. Like, you know, so many people are struggling for no reason mm -hmm. and it just, it kills me. I was like, this is, this is so unfair. Like, why doesn't everybody know this information? Um, and there are some huge studies, you know, I mean, just obviously PCOS is just one female hormonal condition, mm -hmm. but you know, when there is so much information out there in terms of how to naturally heal things and, you know, you don't have to go on, you know, I went on relaxating because at the time when my acne was crazy, I thought to myself, well, this is the only answer that, you know, dermatologists or my doctors, doctors have given me. And like, so I still deal with the consequences of that. Yeah, so I, have, many. I, I went over a little bit. I know I have a couple of friends who went on it as well. And like the consequences, yeah. like it messes up your, your whole skin, your liver, and you start getting weird like sensations, your mood, your energy. Absolutely. And that's what people are directed towards. All the doctors at the time are like, yes, just take this and you'll be fine in a couple of years. Yes. And, and look, this is, the, this is the interesting thing, right? Because the problem is with, with you know, with medications is that yes they work but the side effects are things that people don't talk about or they don't their attention isn't drawn to that before they then take the medication like yes it will work for your skin because it's high vitamin a and it helps to dry out that sort of mucus overproduction that sebum overproduction that is creating the kind of clogged pore in the skin but you know what does it do to your liver and like you said your mood and your gut health and you know all of those things like so it's really you know it's interesting but like with what you do with, you know, with Neurotech and, and with what you've got with Enhance as well, like those natural products are things that they don't have side effects, you know, use what nature has given us. Like, yes, we package it and yes, we manipulate it in certain ways to kind of help us get a certain outcome. It doesn't have the side effects that yeah. these kind of dangerous medications have. Well, they have generally less side effects. I wouldn't say they don't have side effects. They can have side effects, but they're generally much less and you can control it you can you can totally. test and thing and you can iterate and things like that but i want to touch on one thing that just came to mind you you were saying that the doctors just prescribe out medication and things like that is that in your in your view like a symptom of the same kind of thought process in mainstream nutrition so it's like oh just take this because you'll be fine not thinking about the flow and effects or the way to treat the cause not the symptoms yeah like do you mean as in like that's kind of the same like thing that's going on yeah. in natural health too like yeah. still a pill for, for every ill yeah like i do absolutely and i think that when practitioners start out they learn like i must admit that my understanding my sort of perception of how to heal and treat was mm -hmm. okay this is what yeah. zinc does 
and this is what this supplement does. So if somebody came in with anything like, you know, dermatitis, skin issues, they got, they were chronically sick all the time. They had coughs and flus. They had white spots on their nails. It would be like, okay, what supplements do we give these people? And even though we spoke about their diet and diet changes, mm-hmm. we did, it wasn't really like, Yes, it was like food first, but it was in a way it was almost like, yeah, we do this for food. Okay, now what supplements and why? And I feel like the power of food and the power Mm. of, you know, nature was just kind of underplayed. Mm. Not saying like like, there was nothing wrong with my university. God, that's so amazing and so great. But just, and in general, you know, we say like food is medicine, but, you know, do we really understand food that well? Yes, I think there's a lot of science in that. This is something we've been digging into as well, like just, there is a difference, especially in supplements as well. So if you give someone an extract of caffeine, so pure caffeine, that is completely different than if they have it in coffee or if they get it from green tea. And that's the same for, I'm sure you're, you can touch on this as well, for every other kind of nutrient. So you can extract mm. zinc and give it to someone, but it won't have the same effect as if you get them to eat something like spinach or what, something else that's high in that kind of thing that they're lacking. Yes. And, and this is the thing as well. While we know a lot about... Mm-hmm nutrients and different extracts and things like that and you know we know most of the profile of most foods there is still a lot of stuff that we don't know you know the the vitamins and minerals that we're aware of and the constituents in foods that we're aware of are like just a sliver of what's actually going on Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard to replicate even in studies with an isolated extract of something Mm -hmm. you know like you're saying um if they had the food you you might get sort of some similar effects but you can't you can't estimate the rest of the effects that are happening in the body at the same time, you know? And I think you might've said this on your Instagram somewhere as well. I think you said, Daniel, something about, you know, nootropics is not about replacing the basics. The basics have to be there first. It's about the enhancement. So it's like, if you're, you know, if you're magnesium deficient, you can't just have magnesium for the rest of your life and never eat a leafy green or a nut or a seed like you're gonna miss so much you know from all of that as well uh, it yeah. kind of made me think when you sort of said that i don't know if you've watched goop lab with uh gwyneth paltrow you maybe probably haven't maybe it's way too girly yeah there's a there's a really interesting episode with a guy who basically has made this kind of um nutrient regime where it's where it's kind of like a five-day fast it's a very, very small amount of actual food that you eat. And then there's all these supplements. And basically he sort of says, I can't remember exactly who it was, but basically he says that if you do this five day fast every kind of, you know, I think it's every six months or so, Mm -hmm. then you can optimize the body. And he had three of the girls, Gwent Paltrow being the one who took the five day fast with these kind of um, supplements. And then a girl who went pescatarian and then a girl who went vegan and looked at Mm -hmm. all of their, like these different parameters. Um, and kind of looked at the levels of inflammation. And while Gwyneth Paltrow kind of had the lowest levels of inflammation, the other two ate actual like food, that's only a five day period. And who knows what else was going on Mm. and what other things they didn't, you know, look at. So I just, I found that really interesting. I thought if we didn't need food, how would we, you know, evolutionary, you know, speaking, how have we evolved on food then? You know, like, like, yeah, yeah. Do we go into a space where we have supplements only? Like, surely that's not right. You know, our bodies are not made to, to, to you know, 
Yeah. Supplement so is it's in the that, name. Basically. You supplement with the thing yeah. if you are deficient for whatever reason. So like that's totally. touching on what you were saying about before, before what we go with is we call, we call the five pillars of human optimization. And all of this, it could be more a pyramid than pillars actually, which is like your nutrition, your diet, your sleep and your mindset, and then yes. supplements on top of that. And the analogy yes. that I always like using is taking supplements and not dealing with the rest of it is like trying to run a marathon with a broken leg. You can get the best shoes, you can get the best training, you can get the best equipment, but you still have a broken leg. You're not treating like the main thing that's holding you back. And that's, that is an awesome analogy. That's an what awesome we see analogy. with so many different things. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Yes. Absolutely. And because I just hate like only finishing like stories halfway, I'll just, I'll just elaborate on the rest of my story because not because I love talking about myself, but literally because I like finishing what I start. Um, So after I went sort of um, a couple of years sort of led me on, you know, I went into uni and I did psychology for a few years. I didn't finish that because then I actually started doing beauty pageants. And then I was, you know, I was also like living in Bondi at the time. (laughs) That was the thing. Yeah. That was a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but but my my view of the world was very skewed towards beauty. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, I kind of had this understanding of, you know, I had this personal health experience and then I, um, you know, then I went to university and I did psychology. So I kind of understood the effects of drugs on the brain and that sort of thing. It's kind of how the brain worked in general. Mm-hmm. Mind you, still like a medical kind of slightly back, you know, backdated or older view of psychology and how it's sort of I mean how we look at psychology now is probably vastly different to how they teach it at universities because you know it's like very you know evidence-based for 30 or so years like they don't do anything introduce anything new or kind of experiment of course Mm -hmm. um which we have the freedom to (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah um especially if it's like there's a there's a few good studies and we're like all right a few good studies means let's do this let's let's experiment let's try it whereas they're like okay if there hasn't been 10 years of this you know being proved 100 percent of the time we're not going to teach it so like it makes sense of course um but there is obviously that difference <laughs> it's the trade-off um, how much evidence <laughs> do you need to prove something works yeah yeah. And especially if, you know, if you know your body well, and then you do something or you use something and you can notice a difference and it's, you know, a natural mm-hmm. product, um, you know, then, then that's kind of, you are the study of one, you know, you are the end yeah. of one. So and everybody does react differently to things and everyone's just unique. That's how we evolved. Everyone is just random variations away from each other. So obviously they're going to react differently to different things that they're taking. Therefore, no one can tell you with a study the perfect thing for you. Same with diet, same with supplements, same with exercise. That's what yeah. I think is a massive part that is often not taught well is the education around yeah. figuring out what works for you. Yes. And look, I agree. I agree so much with that. And at the same time, while I think, I think that we are over-labeled with disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over-labeled. Like there are so many nuances to like you know even like for example just off the top of my head there's ADD and ADHD ADHD, you know one has the the hyperactivity characteristic and the other one doesn't but both are attention deficit you know like these kind Mm -hmm. of real sort of little nuances but the interesting thing is that for people the road to disease can look so different because of genetic variations and because of the environment but the way back to health seems to be similar you know similar mm-hmm. because we un- we understand the body like way better than we ever yeah. have before yeah. um 
it's similar. Of course, it's still individualized, but there are some sort of standard principles. And this is what I teach. Like I've just released a, a video course and it's the things that I would repeat over and over and over to people of all ages, yes. both genders, like it was these same principles. And it's mm-hmm. almost like you were saying with the, with the runner with a broken leg, they just, they ha- all had broken legs. And it was just, you know, and they were looking for a magic, easy pill, a quick fix. And yeah, it's just, yeah. Mm. And uh, it, it was just kind of baffling to me that people almost don't want to put in the work, mm-hmm. the groundwork to get those results. And I think that it's the people who put in the groundwork who have a good work ethic about looking after themselves and who have a balanced lifestyle and who understand balance that are able to, to kind of really cover those kind of, you know, I call them three pillars, um, you know, diet, exercise, and mindset. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're, they're very interconnected and very important. And if you just don't have that, you just don't have anything. And this yeah. is the thing that I found. So when I was, you know, I was basically all about like, how can I be more beautiful? Basically, mm-hmm. um, all about the physical, not about the apparent. internal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I what I realized was that people who are quote unquote more beautiful, mm-hmm. they there is something to be said for sort of physical beauty, but you can kind of eat your way and live your way to being more beautiful. But then there's also this kind of like um, other element which, you know, I call soul, you know, my business soul to soul. Like, yeah, there's, there's, there's something else. Like there's this energy field, I guess, that mm-hmm. also allows someone to be more beautiful. So it was kind of this like really interesting thing. It's like, how do I, how do I affect change that I can see on the outside mm-hmm. from the inside? So from the cells to the soul, right? I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but like, I like you know, that. I like that's that kind of, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Like, so that's where I come from, you know, with how I, you know, treat people, how I, Mm -hmm. how I frame my understanding of health is if you have a certain outcome, what you have to realize is that that outcome is a byproduct of being first healthy and then Mm -hmm. optimizing all of your strategies in line with that specific goal, but always, always starting with the basics. Exactly. Start with the basics. Yeah. And then once you've got that down pat, then you can optimize, then you can change and adjust and add small things in. But unless you have that baseline, you, it doesn't do anything. It's not worth it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree on that. <laughs> and just uh, <laughs> touching on coming from the external beauty thing. You see so much of that where I came from as well. So I started exercising getting into like the gym scene when we was in uni yes. and that was entirely about the external things so it was like let's yeah. eat chicken rice and broccoli and nothing else totally. yeah. <laughs> and then he's yep. yep. in calories out and i think that's where a lot of people start going when they research nutrition they're like okay how can i look good how can i eat things that will make me look the way i want now how can i eat things that will make me feel and therefore behave in the way that will make me look the way i want and be happier about it and feel better about it and healthier in the long run that's do you have any do you have any advice on the mindset side making that shift because it took me a long time and i'm probably still making that shift at the moment to really understand that it's not always about eating the just for the calories you have to be eating for other reasons as well yeah totally and look this this is the thing like when we're young we just are sponges right and Mm -hmm. all our beliefs 
all of our behavior is based on our beliefs and our beliefs are influenced by how we interpret events around us. So every moment we interpret in a certain way and it either challenges a belief that we have and then we change that belief or it confirms a belief that we already have. And it just happens over time, right? Living in a society where we're so aesthetically centered, like there's no doubt about it. We glorify people who are beautiful and good looking. You don't have to be as talented or as smart. If you're better looking, you go further in life. Like it's, you know, it's completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no doubt that there is that kind of also that evolutionary perspective of, you know, this person is is therefore more healthy. So therefore Mm -hmm. they're, they're more likely, they're more desirable because they would be a better mate in terms Mm -hmm. of like, you know, reproducing. There's obviously that. So we, so it comes from somewhere that is kind of um, instinctual or primal Mm -hmm. for us. So, So it makes sense. But we're, we're just like, we're really over the top with that. And I think that, you know, while there's a level of, of looking and feeling your best, I think mm-hmm. that there's a, a fine line between fake, fake mm-hmm. and real. And if you're, if you, when you're your truest self and you're not doing things to impress people, basically, mm-hmm. because if you stood in the mirror and you were like, I'm happy with my body, but somebody else walked into the room who was like more shredded than you, more built than you. And then that made you feel bad. You know, that's your, that's only your own beliefs because a minute ago you felt good about how you looked. So it's only because you're caring what other people think. And we're all, of course, you know, we're all victims of of this, but at the same time, realizing that it's just what society has impressed upon us to Mm -hmm. believe that really is the reason why our behaviors kind of try to just impress other people you know that's really that's really all it is it's just impressing others um there's also the flip side to that which is you know i think with working out and i'm also a personal trainer i consider myself an integrated personal trainer because i kind of prescribe exercise to help improve people's health Um, yeah (laughs) um yeah because you can definitely you know, overdo things in the wrong direction. And there's always these different types of exercise that help with different things. Um, But, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought there. (laughs) Where are we going? Um, Because, you know, I just kind of basically was trying to say that, you know, in terms of our, like our beliefs and and what Mm -hmm. we think, because there's sort of the side that I just sort of mentioned, but then there's also the other side of when you look at somebody who is like, you know, built or you know mm-hmm. slim or whatever then you look at that person in an in, in a way if you're somebody who also respects yourself and looks after yourself you sort of look at that person and can respect that while they must train and look after themselves and kind of almost in a way be on top of their life you know if they're able to sort of look that way so there's also that kind of you know feeling proud about you know mm-hmm. hard work and um you know the way that 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 your body kind of looks and feels, you know, so there's also that sort of side to things. And I think whenever there's a belief that I guess stops you from living your, like your, it's hard to, I don't want to sound all like hippie woo and crazy, but when when that belief stops you from being your most authentic you, you have to think, well, what is the belief that is behind this behavior? Why do I want to achieve this certain thing? Is it because it's what I want or is it because it's what other people want? And if you can look at the belief and like kind of deconstruct it and say, well, okay, what, what am I saying to myself that's making me 
think that this is true for me, then you can sort of reframe it to say, okay, well, previously I wanted to look good to impress other people because I'm single and I'm looking for somebody who thinks I'm hot <laughs> so we can date the or whatever baby, it might be. Baby, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, reframing it to I want to look a certain way because I like how I feel about myself and I like mm-hmm. how that makes me more attractive to other people because I, you know, I exude confidence and I exude happiness and contentment, you know, so there's that kind of like saying you could have the same body, but the belief behind it is, is really different. And it's about, you know, unless you do the work and the time to figure out what those beliefs are for you, mm-hmm. you can't change them. This is exactly what I was going to touch on. It's the perspective and the intention behind what you're doing. You see so many people who look going outside and then you ask them why they do it and they're doing it out of, the same reason they're like, oh, I want to look better than this person because it makes me feel insecure yeah. when they look better than me. I'm like, is that making like your life better? Is that making you happy? Is that the, the yeah. way you want to live it? How always trying to chase the bad things instead of doing it for the good reasons, like leading with the intention. Yeah. And that's, I think, Absolutely. vitally important. Absolutely. That's, I think that probably underpins and is more relevant than the knowledge, doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I mean, like, that's why I do what I do. Like, of course, I have to make a living. There's no doubt about that, but, but I would do it for free. And I've always said to myself, I will know when I'm doing my life's work, if Mm -hmm. I would be happy, if I was a billionaire, Mm -hmm. if I was happy to do it for free. And I hundred percent would be happy to do this for free because I love what I do. All I want in my life is I just want to help people feel better about themselves. That's it. This is my means of doing it. Mm -hmm. But if I can just make people happier people and make them feel better about themselves, that's it. I've done my job. Yes. And sometimes I have consults. Thanks. Sometimes I have consults where I don't even talk to people about nutrition. I don't even talk to them about food. Sometimes I just want someone to, to, you know, kind of feed off and and have them listen to them because they don't feel hurt in their own life. And sometimes it's a matter of, okay, let's move your body, but we don't even touch on food and I'm a nutritionist, you know? So that's what they need. And you're you're giving them exactly what they need at the time to make the transition. And maybe once they've gotten to the point where they're changed their mindset and happy, then they're ready to learn about nutrition. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because <laughs> that's something that, that really goes, it all go hand in hand. It's, it's, it's easy to say that now, but it's a very different picture to actually get it working, get it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. But, yeah, um, very true. That leads me on to another thought that I just had. So <laughs> completely changing the topic here. So jumping into but, the uh, modern kind of <laughs> society and things like that, people are always going about nutrition and and all of what you eat and the micronutrients and things. But I always have an interest, and I don't really know that much about the external factors, so like societal impacts that we're having at the moment, say pollutants or getting exposed to like BPA and plastics. People are always saying that affects yeah. like be an estrogen mimic, things like that. Yep. yep What's your thoughts on how much of an influence that actually has? Because it's hard to tell. Like, yes, it does do something on a bio, like biochemical level, but how much is that going to affect what you do and how yeah. much should you? look into trying to avoid that and minimize it? Well, I think that it is more prevalent for females. I find that it's more prevalent for females. There's no doubt that we are living in a society where we are inundated with chemicals. So Mm. Mm. let's just think about like morning routine. We wake up in the morning, we probably have a shower, maybe a cold shower. Yeah, the best. (laughs) Um, Have a shower. (laughs) Um, And you start using either soap or body wash. Like, Mm -hmm our primal ancestors did not use soap and body wash 
and the amount of man-made chemicals that we've kind of smooshed together to make things smell nice or lather up or, you know, make bubbles. Get rid of that human um, smell. You know, yeah. Or like, or have this like, you know, kind of like softness to it. So we're like, oh, this is such an enjoyable texture as I'm, you know, washing myself. All of those things, they, they are all, you know, some, some of them obviously are naturally derived, but they're, they're basically processed mm-hmm. synthetic chemicals. They get pu- like pushed into this thing that we put all over our body. What a lot of people forget or maybe don't know is that their skin is their largest organ. Mm-hmm. So it's an organ that can absorb these chemicals. So if you're not going to, you know, this is a, this is a common thing that we hear a lot of people say, mm-hmm. but if you're not going to eat your body wash, should you really be putting it on your skin? Because essentially yeah. you're going to metabolize it anyway. Or a large portion of so it that's will the kind get of into absolutely absolutely um you know and this is if if you know people are like oh is that really true i mean just think of nicotine patches you know they're they're allowing people to have you know something that's that's popped on their skin that transdermally they're like Mm. pulling into their bloodstream you know and that's exactly the same it's exactly the same method on like hormonal levels so testosterone patches the same thing they they use that as a method of getting it into people because it works very well Exactly. And, you know, even the testosterone like patches, it's basically, you know, it's putting testosterone and the pill is really the same, but it's obviously via, you know, the mouth, you're taking, you're taking the pill via your mouth. But, you know, even those testosterone patches, it's just trying to avoid digestion, making sure that as much of that testosterone gets into circulation so that it can actually start to get transported to where it needs to go. So it's kind of a, it's, it's, I mean, you know, technology is cool <laughs> it's, it's a great <laughs> you know, it's method it's cool and it's and, and we're, that we're able to do that it's a great method but you know don't forget that the same thing is also happening when you're not wanting it to happen mm-hmm. or you're not aware that it's happening you know it's it's kind of this it goes both ways um you know and if, for, for women you know we're putting on makeup or maybe we're putting products in our hair or, or products in our skin we're using perfume guys are okay. using cologne or perfume so, you know, all of these chemicals either in the air as like vapors or mm-hmm. that we're actually, you know, pushing into our skin, our liver then has to metabolize and it goes into our bloodstream. It might cross our blood brain barrier. Who knows? Um, it may affect, yeah, it may affect our, our um, you know, gut microbiome. And, and that is kind of the most, the kind of craziest thing that wasn't picked up until, you know, not that long ago. And That's nowadays, crazy. like, yeah. And nowadays, for example, like if I have somebody who has um, hormonal issues or if I have anybody who's got like mental health issues, the first thing usually is to be very, very hypersensitively aware of the environmental pollutants that you have around you. So, you know, I've had plumbers in the past that I've had to look after as well. And, you know, they might be the sort of people who are touching copper all the time, you know, because of cold copper pipes. Yeah. So the interesting relationship with copper is that when copper is high, either, you know, through from having just low zinc or from having a lot of exposure to copper where they're touching a lot of copper pipes, um, their copper levels in their blood go up and then that pushes their zinc down. So then that creates this kind of imbalance in their body where, you know, they have to be they kind of have to just buffer that effect, right? With, you know, higher zinc food or make sure that their, you know, copper exposure is as low as it can possibly be. Obviously, if, if they're a plumber, they can't really help it. Um, 
but there's copper in, in you know, loads of stuff. Um, but, you know, there's, there's kind of all these little nuances or these little areas where we don't really think about all the chemical exposures that we have, but we have heaps, you yeah. know, like there's just, when you talk about BPA, like basically the plastics that we have in especially baby products because, you know, really? they can't hold glass. Yeah, oh, heaps. Oh, okay. Yeah, true, true. Oops. Um, a lot of things are BPA free now, but they're substituting it with uh, BP. I think it's BPS. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's basically a different, is a it different better form. Or is it just unknown? BPA. It's it's been studied to be just as bad. So babies, babies are basically eating parts of plastic, and our body doesn't know what to do with plastic. It doesn't. It has no mechanism for detoxifying plastic. So our body just builds up like over time with more and more and more microplastics in our body. And these BPAs and what they call xenoestrogens are basically any compound in the environment that we either touch, like shopping bags, plastic shopping bags. Um, so it's great that the movement now is for reusable sustainability, you know, with yeah. bringing your own bags. Um, hopefully they're not plastic and they're, you know, of another material. Um, but, you know, these kind of, these the effects that they're having, yeah, the effects that they're having is huge. Like it's, it's just, it's ridiculous how, how much of an influence it has. And even when you get these like, you know, these, tests done from like these mm -hmm. testing laboratories like their advice that they're coming back with now is reduce your bpa exposure and they can actually test the levels in your body as well yeah. so you know yeah you know yeah. whether or not um like you know what level you have of that which which leads me to think mm -hmm. of um mentioning as well great plains laboratory have a um have a test for glyphosate so you can see oh, how much glyphosate, glyphosate is in your body as well. So for people who don't know what that is, glyphosate is the chemical that is in Roundup that is sprayed very commonly on yes. basically all kinds of, of crops, but mostly on wheat. So people who are not buying, so it's a, it's a pesticide. So people yeah. who are not buying um, organic bread, you're mm -hmm. eating bread, sure, but you're also eating glyphosate. You don't know that because they're they not going to advertise no, this is your glyphosate no. bread, <laughs> but that's what you're having. <laughs> that's scary. Unless it's, like, unless it's organic or chemical free. Yeah. So it is really scary. And, and that kind of, those kind of chemical exposures are changing our bodies. Yep. They're changing what binds onto the cell. They're changing, therefore, what that cell is instructing the body to do or to make or, you know, yes, telling yes, the organ, yes, yes. okay, let's make thyroid hormone now. Like all of that is changing because these other compounds are starting to talk to our cells and kind of bind as, you know, other other molecules would commonly bind. And they're, you know, they're foreign to the body and they're very toxic for the body. And so yeah, that's never seen it before as well. Yeah. Okay, so that's, a, that's, that's an interesting right. factor. So what, um, what do you think are the, the main ones people should be looking out for? So obviously BPA and glyphosate. What yeah. else is there that you probably get exposed to and is definitely a concern that you should be looking out for? Like what are, what are the top yeah, say, look, five? Uh, I, would, I would definitely say, look, I think those two that you've just mentioned are probably the most important, definitely. And I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to confuse people with more, but be, because basically plastics are everywhere on everything we, like they, they wrap cucumbers in plastics like it's just organic cucumbers are in plastic wrap like it doesn't make any sense I love obviously it's in, in plastic wrap bags. and stuff like that as well 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, this is another one. Aluminium. So aluminium is a problem. I don't want to get too controversial, but yeah. aluminium also has been found in to preserve uh, vaccines as well. But I'm going to totally leave it there because I do not want to open that can of worms. Oh, yeah, um, but like alfoil, aluminium foil. If you're wrapping up a nice piece of fish, you know, a nice piece of salmon, you put some lemon in there, you've wrapped it up in aluminium foil, you've crunched it up and you've baked it in the oven, that aluminium is then leaching into your beautiful salmon mm -hmm. and you're ingesting that aluminium. So, like, that's a real problem too that a lot of people sort of don't really think about. Um, yeah, I've heard that. And also so the, there's Teflon, isn't there? So non-stick pans, people get with Teflon yeah. on them and that also comes off when you're cooking, obviously. And that's like exactly. things you don't think of. Like, it's very... Totally kind of concerning when you start Basically, thinking anything about that you're heating yeah anything that you're heating you've, you've got to be conscious of as well another thing as well is preservatives like artificial colors artificial flavors mm -hmm. those are quite toxic for the brain and if anyone has kids they'll notice that when they have something that's store-bought versus they they make even the same meal at home mm -hmm. they might notice that their kids are more kind of hyperactive and a bit crazy. And, and the, obviously the same effect happens to us as adults, but because mm -hmm. we're kind of bigger bodies, depending on how much we're having, um, we can feel those effects as well. We can start to feel more, you know, anxious, nervous, stressed as a result of eating those foods, you know, with preservatives. So like people who live on like frozen dinners, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe they're people who, who work late or, mm -hmm. you know, who just want a quick, you know, quick something oh, we've all been there you a lot of those frozen meals are like full of preservatives of course yeah but you know but there's balance um i, I find people who oh, i know a lot of clients actually who just all they have is frozen meals like that's it because they're are so talking busy at their lawyers or CEOs or, hey are you talking like the the healthy ones so like the you foods and things like what are your what are your thoughts on those ones are they any better um, look, I believe that they are better, but there is no regulation that people have to, if a preservative is in a low enough quantity, they don't actually have to put it on their packaging. So if people were to okay. be a little misleading, um, thinking that it's probably not going to make so much of a difference, they may not have to say that there's a preservative in there, which is a little bit um, unfortunate. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit dodgy, yeah. but that's, that, they are the rules at the moment. Yeah, and also there's kind of ways around so a lot of people recognize that there's these these numbers that you have to have like 202 and 621 when you've got preservatives in your foods but some some companies will make it look like oh you know a, some other asset in brackets and they may not put the you know the three numbers there so that people can pick up oh that must be a chemical code i don't know if that's safe or not maybe i'll choose something else you know like they'll put it in a different in a different code so that people think that there's no preservatives in there, but there is. Yeah. It's like um, the name, like, Oh, that must be just some kind of thing I've never heard of before. Not that it's a yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I'm always a sort of person that if I haven't seen something with my own eyes and I don't know for sure then I'm never going to say yes, hundred percent that's true because you know, I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to be stuck in a situation where I've, I've accidentally misled people and saying, oh, mm -hmm. surely they're not because it looks like a healthy label. It's got a whole bunch of vegetables on it. You know, surely yeah. they haven't done yeah. the wrong thing by not disclosing that there's a very small amount of something in there. So, you know, of course, the, the allergens have to be on packaging and on labels because that's, mm -hmm. you know, potentially people yeah. can have anaphylactic reactions to that. So like Is gluten and soy and problem, egg. Yeah. Yes, totally. That totally. seems to be, in, in my view, not that I'm an expert on it, but when it becomes a big enough 
accepted problem, then they will regulate around it. But until it does, until it gets there, which is part of these conversations we need to be having and educating people about yeah. it, until they understand and so they push for it, it just doesn't need to be regulated or they won't be cutting it out of things. Exactly. And then it's just kind of left to people who are in limbo about, oh, what should I believe? I've read all these articles or these people have said this, like, do I go with what the government says mm -hmm. or do I go with what these, you know, this blogger said or this nutritionist said or this naturopath said or this, you know, kind of holistic practitioner. It, it is. It's really hard. And, mm -hmm. and that's another reason, Daniel, why I think it is important that people nail the basics. Yeah. Because if you nail the basics, then you can live in this world of high pressure, in this world of high chemicals, high environmental toxic exposure, and your body can do well and thrive still like in this kind to. of environment, like it's supposed to. And like, there's just, there's no doubt that like, we live different lives from our ancestors. You know, the industrial revolution just basically opened up a can of worms and now technology's opened up a can of worms. And, you know, we're getting yeah, yeah. smarter and more specific about things, but it doesn't mean that the basics are not still relevant. Like they're more relevant than ever. Yeah. Um, and just to touch on the basics would be the obvious yeah. things like eat more fruit and veg, no processed things, not much sugar. Pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically, yeah, that's basically like move your body and mm -hmm. have some kind of like mindset practice, something that allows you to at least reflect on your thoughts and kind of think about your thoughts, which is, mm -hmm. you know, called metacognition. I mean, we're the only species in the world that has the ability to do that. That's obviously for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. we don't just, we're not, we're not as primal as, you know, as animals are, you know, they do things very kind of things are very straightforward for them and for us there's so much more complexity they get a feeling they do something we're at the point where we get a feeling and we don't have to act on it so that's that's yeah. really why we are where we are and that's that's our advantage exactly so we have to use that you know sometimes it's our downfall in ways because we can overthink something and it stops us from doing it mm -hmm. yeah, definitely, um, definitely. you know um but in the same token it just gives you you know, it's about, I think for me and for like, you know, people that I'm trying to help, it's about showing them that there's power in that too. You know, there's power in your ability to be able to think because mm -hmm. you can change your results, your behaviors, your actions when you change how you, you think and feel. Have you, that just raised another point that I've read about before. So the concept, I forget the exact name of it is that when you, eat something regardless of what it is your belief about that food will influence what it does for your body yes. like but is there yeah. the, like the science behind that so yeah so there is a science behind that so yeah. so the i mean obviously there's you know this there's many layers to the body so there's never just one answer but a main answer is if you're stressing about the food that you're eating or you're having negative thoughts about the food that you're eating your body is only in one or two systems mm -hmm. fight or flight rest and digest mm -hmm. so if your belief around that food is, oh, this is really bad for me. I shouldn't really be eating this. I feel so bad. I feel guilty. Stress, stress, stress. All of those like emotions, stress, 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 mm -hmm. lies in the uh, fight or flight response, which I just simply call the stress response. And this people might know this as the sympathetic nervous system, mm -hmm. SNS. It's all the same thing. You know, whether you're, which switch you're going to spend your time in while you eat your food, it should be the PNS, the parasympathetic nervous system, the recovery system. Um, but that belief is changing the, sw the, the switch, the system that's on. Mm -hmm. And therefore we know, and I know you guys know with all of the, you know, the um, uh, constituents that you have in your products and the nutrients that you have in your products, 
you know that when that switch changes and we have the ability to change it with, with, you know, nootropics, yeah. nutrients, different kinds of food, cognition, things like that. meditation, breathing. Yeah, yeah breathing. totally. Um, you know, when you've, once you've flicked that switch, the cascade of, you know, neurotransmitters or the chemicals that are being released into your body, these kind of stress hormones, that's then going to send the messages to the rest of the body. This, there's this huge layered downstream effect and all of these changes take place that kind of, you know, they don't have a place at the time when you're meant to be eating. So the, the science behind it is mm -hmm. if you're stressed out or worried, nervous, anxious about the food that you're eating, believing that you shouldn't be eating that food, then you're going to switch yourself into the sympathetic nervous system, into the stress response. And then the biochemical effects of that is going to mean that you're not going to digest your food properly. Now to take it one step further or to mm -hmm. fill in that blank in between, cortisol and adrenaline will, which is the hormones that we release when we're in the sympathetic nervous system, when we're in that stress response, are going to basically tell, to kind of turn off the digestive system in a way, um, divert all of that blood that's meant to be sitting in the digestive system. Because like where there's blood, there's movement, you know, there's, the energy is there. So if, it's, if the blood is going to be sent away, you know, muscles, to the yeah. brain, to the peripheries, to the legs and arms, to run away from the proverbial <laughs> tiger, then you're not going to be digesting that food properly. And that is then going to create all kinds of downstream effects, like the potential of leaky gut, the potential of LPS, which is, you know, the, the kind of uh, fragments of bad bacteria circulating in your body, which then increases the level of inflammation in your blood, which then may increase your insulin resistance, you know, your leptin resistance. You've all of a sudden got metabolic syndrome, like, you know, and that is just largely around those beliefs. And wow. that's really where it starts. <laughs> so that, that kind of brings full circle for me. The belief is incredibly important because you can kind of mm. put yourself in that negative loop. And the stress, again, stress, everyone talks about stress, but that is just another reason not to be stressed. But then the stressing about the yeah. stressing is also not good. Uh, totally, totally. Which is like, you know, you can, you can definitely get yourself into a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a, a whirlwind with that when you think about it that way. But Curse of the knowledge. Again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you, you sort of, you know too much, um, but, but then there's like, that's kind of the power of the mind. And I think that that is when it comes to sort of um, the physical body, people discount emotions and feelings and, you know, as, as this kind of like psychosomatic, it's just in your, it's just in your mind sort of situation. But I think, you know, with the new sort of, I guess in the last few decades, we're realizing what should not be treated differently or separately. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all about everything is interconnected. So when you improve one area of health, so say, for example, you know, there were people watching this and they thought to themselves, I'm stuck with my food. I am stuck with my movement. Maybe they live in pain all the time and, you know, chronic pain or something like that. And they're, you know, they're a binge eater, you know, or they have some kind of eating disorder. And they're like, you know what? I can't work on those two. And they feel like they can never fix their health. Those are the sort of people that will benefit the most from work on your mindset, work on your gratitude, deep yes, breathing, yes. meditation, you know, and that will change. That will start to kind of do that backwards effect or kind of reverse engineer your body to be optimized, to improve your digestion, to improve your energy, to improve the whole, all of the systems that are happening in your body, because then your body is able to do everything it's meant to do 
not in a state of stress because it's more balanced because obviously you know we know that typically people live out of balance with these two systems where they're mostly or predominantly living in this stress situation this stress nervous system and this kind of that stress you know that, that layering of stress that's what we call sort of the allostatic load and when your allostatic load is too high or basically your body's capacity for your demands means that there's a gap. That's when yeah. people will start to look for the, the fastest, you know, the fastest route to fixing that, which is like a magic pill. I'm not going to, I was going to, um, I've got too much to do. Oh, what's the, what's the thing I can take? I'll take some modafinil and see if I can get that more yeah, energy and then yeah. not sleep and not have the diet. It doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, we all spend some time in there. We all go, wow, there's this cool product and, you know, this has just come to market or that, you know, let's try that first. Um, because people, I mean, if you have the basics, if you've got the basics nailed, there usually isn't that gap, right? Mm -hmm. There might be a small gap and mm -hmm. that's where, you know, people can really benefit from things like nootropics because they're able to get that edge. You know, the people who already nailed the basics and they get mm -hmm. that edge and they're just living like superhumans, you know? Um, but I think for the majority of people, it's just the basics that they're missing. And it's, yes. it's kind of, it's really sad to see, but it's just a lot of the time they don't realize the power of these things. And Everyone people wants, want, totally. And they want science. They science. want science. They want to know. More, more important for everybody. Like something that uh, we've seen a lot of people jumping more on board is like, how does it work? Not just does it work. How does it work? Exactly. And, and, you know, kudos to them because they're becoming, you know, smarter buyers, smarter consumers. They're asking the questions. It's so great. At the same time, it's really hard to prove the, kind of mindset emotion emotional influence on the body with science because how do you measure it so you know there was a, a woman named candace pert who was able to identify you know basically was able to show and measure uh, and prove therefore how emotions can influence the receptors of cells in the body so she was kind of the pioneer for all this kind of research and 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 now that we kind of know that um, I think that more and more people like we sort of seen this boom in like you know natural medicine mm -hmm. alternative medicine um, a lot of like you know even energy healers and light workers and all the things like that and it's about improving health it's about optimizing ourselves becoming mm -hmm. the best version of ourselves and it can mm -hmm. definitely it definitely has its place because you know that's all sort of centered around mindset really it's an upward spiral though the more optimized you can get in one area it'll feed into other areas if you start to get your diet in order you feel better you're going to actually want to do that study you've been putting off if you start to do the study you've been putting off you're actually going to get the skills and then you're going to get out of the job which is making you unhappy it's an upward cycle that's exactly what we what we preach <laughs> word for word yeah. optimization yeah absolutely yeah. and exactly what you said is what i say to people all the time just as you can downward spiral very quickly you can upward spiral very quickly virtuous cycle if you get it right <laughs> but that's um, it. That's it. That, you, you touched on that so the downward spiral. what would you say to someone who is kind of realizing they're stuck in it and doesn't know where to start or how to start getting back on track and get out of the downwards and into the upwards yeah. So there's always one tendency for, you know, the, the, the simple framework I have for health is three pillars. Like I said before, diet, exercise, mindset. I always say what you put in your mouth, how you move your body and what you focus on, right? They're the three things. And for each person, they're going to be more inclined to one pillar than the other. Mm -hmm. So say, you know, they come from an athletic family and, and, 
you know, movement is something that they love to do or they're familiar with, yes. then for them, usually movement would be the easiest thing, right? For people who come from a background of, you know, either they ha they've had some kind of condition before or they lost a lot of weight before where, you know, they, they, they understood and took the time to understand food and ate really well and ate in a sustainable way um, previously, you know, those are the sort of people that will do well with the food. And then obviously people with the mindset, people who have, you know, I guess some people who are on another level have some kind of faith or some kind of spirituality that they yes. always, when they move towards that, they, they feel much better in themselves. They feel like themselves again. Mm -hmm. That's going to be an easier area. Of course, and this is what I'm all about with minimum effective dosage. Of course, if you can get all three with putting in just enough effort for the biggest return on your investment without you feeling like it's extra work, because generally people go into a spiral when they're overwhelmed. They've got too many things they can't control in their life or there's mm -hmm. too many things going on externally that they feel they can't control. Then getting in control with as little effort as possible. And, I, and essentially this is biohacking, right? Yeah, with as little effort as possible or as little, yeah, as little um, time invested as possible to get these great outcomes, then that is what starts that upward spiral. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like choose the pillar that you like the best and start there. So it's do what you can do, given what you know, get some runs on the board. And then from there, it should start to snowball. It can start to snowball. And then really it's yes. staying on track. So getting probably some accountability or getting some, some education, if that's something you're lacking as well. That is yeah, something that is, is absolutely. very hard, <laughs> but it can be done. Yeah. And look, it can be done. And, you know, it's all about, there's, there's all these other strategies, right? So mm -hmm. within mindset, community and, and being social is also really important too. And I think a lot of people have sort of, they've started to spiral because that sort of part has been taken away from us in a way um, with all of the, you know, coronavirus stuff yeah, going right on. Yeah, right now especially. So, yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, that's, a, that's another really important part that can help people when they support each other, you know, via Zoom, they do a weekly Zoom call with their sister and say, hey, let's do this. Let's at least do 30 minutes of exercise each day. Let's make each other accountable. Let's, you know, I'll write a plan for, for you know, food and you write a plan for exercise or whatever it might be. Like, you know, you, utilizing and leveraging off other people within your community and, and having people that you're accountable to is really important. Now, it's kind of interesting that I say that because I'm also, um, I'm not, I couldn't really, I don't, don't really call myself like a motivational coach, mm -hmm. um, but I speak about mindset um, for, you know, adolescents um, mm -hmm. and will soon be for, for adults as well um, awesome. because I think it's so, so important. So like, you know, I'm, I'm part of this um, amazing company called Tomorrow's Youth and they run these programs called Empower You and it's basically, mm -hmm. you know, helping adolescents kind of um, just basically change their mindset and enjoy life again. Um, especially troubled teens, it seems to work really, really well for, but even just the average teen, it just unlocks this extra potential for them that just makes them, you know, kind of like shows them the light and, and sort of switches, switches them on again to, to feeling and to embracing, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, and how to use social media for good and, you know, um, how to use technology for good. It's easy to get, you know, into using technology and sitting on your phone for four hours a day and watching Netflix at home by yourself on your bed and just, you know, being antisocial, 
you know, all that sort of stuff. It's bad. easy to do because it's mm-hmm. accessible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and forgetting to eat for eight hours or, or drink any water for eight hours because you've been so engrossed in catching up of Game of Thrones, which was me about like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was most of it, wasn't it, really? Yeah, well, that's true. I was like, mm. it's like a week later. What? <laughs> Where's my life? Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I, I think that, I think that mindset is so important. Like there's just no doubt about it. And, and to be able to, to, um, to show people how to make those changes. I just think, you know, it makes me accountable. Like that, this is my point makes me accountable. Um, I have to, I'm a role model. There is no chance. Like I'm the sort of salesperson. If someone asked me a question and I was, they're like, does this work? And I was like, no, it doesn't. Like, I, I can't lie. So, you know, <laughs> um, oh yeah, I'd be the worst salesman for someone, for some product or something that I didn't believe in. So for me, it's it, really though. important. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really important for me to be authentic and for me to recognize that I'm a role model. So, so role bottle, role model. So I make myself accountable yeah. by being a part of that community and showing up in that community over and over again. And, you know, taking, you know, I was, I was basically offered to be a presenter because I had gone through that experience, you know, 13 mm-hmm. years prior. And I was like, oh my God, you know, that's, it's a big step, but you know, it's about making yourself accountable, whatever that, whatever that looks like for you, whatever strategy yeah. you employ, you know, figure out how to put yourself in a position where you have to do it yeah. because, you know, like this is the creator of empower you the founder mm-hmm. of empower you he always says the enemy of a great life is a good life so when you're when you've got oh, I like that. most things yeah when you've got like if most things are okay and you're bobbing ahead above water and it's pretty good mm-hmm. then what drive is there for you to go for excellence you know Get complacent as, as opposed as to someone who you know grew up in the slums yeah you get complacent so I, I guess that's probably complacent. most that's people thing. that and, get complacent. And I think it's that motivation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah you're 100% right. So it's like, how do you, without doing anything crazy or drastic or ridiculous, how do you bolt yourself to force yourself? Not in a, like, you know, it doesn't take extra effort, but how do you remind yourself all the time to mm-hmm. continue to stay on the path that you would like to achieve? You know, and, and you know, in, in some ways it can be like, you know, goal setting or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's so many Sorry, ways to do on. it. Oh, I was just going to say, there's so yeah. many ways to do it. This is something I was thinking today. I started reading, was it Meditations by Marcus Aurelius again, the whole Stoic philosophy. Like that's one way of doing it. But I also know from my personal experience that I've been on the right track and motivated from completely different like means and ways of doing it. So you just have to find what works for you was it horses for courses is always exactly. the whatever works for you but you have to yeah. test it and try it and like iterate which is the whole process kind of the, the scientific method like the, the process we follow the, the biohacking method figure out what mm. works by testing iterating assessing it and go from there yeah and evaluating it right so if you yes. cannot evaluate if you what cannot is- look back yeah it, it's it's worthless it's useless because you're, you're not able to ever yeah. stop yeah and then you know yeah everything that you've just done goes out the window so what's the point so you know it's about having or allowing yourself the time to figure out what works for me mm-hmm. you know this is why it's easy for people to sort of come to me i can individualize things because i can step outside of them mm-hmm. and look at them and their whole life and kind of take a life audit and say okay 
there are, this is what I do actually. Like I might look at somebody and from the way that they're talking or from questions that I ask them, I'm like, are they an all or nothing or are they a moderator? So figuring out what kind of person they are at first will, will help me to figure out, do we go balls out with their treatment plan? Do we give them the whole shebang or do we start with one thing at a time? Yeah. 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 And that's important. Because that's more. Yeah. And like, like you said, like everybody's so individual. So mm -hmm. to carbon copy or copy and paste treatments or, you know, suggestions, recommendations for people. Doesn't work. That's one of my it. biggest problems with the whole, not nutrition, but health space as a, as a whole thing. It's like, everybody should follow this one program because that works for this person. It's like, no, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Like it yeah. might be a good place to start, but then you have to figure it out yourself. No one can give you the answer for your own health. Like they can give you ideas and help you like guide and work your way along the process and figure it out. That's what they're there for, but they can't tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And uh, jump. Yeah. go. <laughs> now, if you're going to say something, go, because I was going to ask another We have a slight time lag. That's the only yeah. reason. <laughs> With the Zoom meetings, it's always like this. Because I was going to say um, that I've been on a lot of Zoom Q&As, nutrition Q&As, um, you know, uh, honestly, I can't tell you how many I've been on. And it's really hard for me to answer people's questions because I cannot, and I feel like I just over, I over explain things, but I cannot give one answer to one question because it depends. It's, it's always my answer. Yeah. And that could, people are like, I want a straight answer. I want to yeah. know, but I can't yeah. do that. Exactly. Otherwise, and people inbox lying. me all the time on like on social media, on Instagram, and they say, oh, you know, like, what should I do for this? Or what should I do for that? And, and I want to help them. So I'll give them what, what kind of blanket resources I have to get them started. But you can't, like, you just, you need to know all about a person to be able to help them. It's one otherwise, it, is, it, is it helping them that much? Yeah, one little question, but you need all the yeah. backstory to know what the right answer is. Like it's... Yeah, 100%. 100%. I was going to jump in with my question. My, oh, my favorite question to ask people is where, what do you think is next kind of like science and technology wise in the nutrition space? Is it, is it the microbiome? Is it genetic testing and sequencing? Like, what do you think is where we're going to get the most improvements or bang for buck like coming up? I think it's microbiome. Mm -hmm. I think that it is like a very, fast growing and what we realize how much of an influence our you know gut bacteria has mm. on us is just like it's phenomenal and we don't even know everything there is to know about it like we're still learning so you know and i think that it, it kind of it almost makes everything else that we've done previously look like well what were we doing like were we yeah. doing the right thing were we giving the right advice um because we realize that basically you know, we ha we are covered in bugs. We've got apparently mm -hmm. ten times more, you know, bacteria cells than we have human cells, and crazy. it's almost as though we're just a shell for them. I know it's mind blowing. And again, this is a th this is the kind of concept of you know you don't have to you don't have to see it to believe it. Same concept with like emotions and mindset. Like you might not be able to see these things or you know can't see someone's energy field, but there it's there because at the end of the day we're just vibrating particles. You know that's mm -hmm. who we are on a scientific are. level. <laughs> exactly. No, no, um, empty space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 99.99999% empty space, actually. Yes, probably. <laughs> but I think that, uh, I think the cool thing is, is that, you know, we're in this like relationship with our 
you know, well, I mean, the center of the information that we're getting at the moment, the center of the research is really just on one area. It's really just on the large intestine mostly that we've been doing all this research and we've come out with all this information and there's all of these other um, microbiomes that live elsewhere in our body. But, you know, when people talk about the microbiome, they're just generally referring to the microbiome of the large intestine because that's where the most micro, uh, microbes mm. Um, are so we think well if there's the most microbes there surely that's having the most influence yeah but there's also the skin and like there's there different ones in like your different areas of your skin so like your armpits yeah. and your groin are different from your feet and your yeah. hands and your head like it's yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah but um so i think that that's really the that's really the the, the area forward and all the metabolites and how they influence us and everything that we express is kind of looking at this really, really intricate relationship of all of these different systems in our body with all of these different, you know, microbes. There's even like mm -hmm. intermediate like microbes where this bacteria will eat this food and then it will provide food for a different bacteria, which will then produce the final outcome. So it's like, and that's what we absorb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And that's, that to me is absurd that we haven't really scratched the surface of that. And it's fundamental to our existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It terrifies me. And it's so cool. You know, I, I love actually in many ways that we don't know everything there is to know. Like I love getting a new research paper and being like, oh, cool. Like yeah. this is something that we discovered. We didn't know this before. Like that's awesome. You know, like that's, I think it's really exciting to be kind of in this time where there's a lot that we already do know, but yet there's still heaps to learn. So I think that it's, it's great that we can, we can to some level manipulate people's, you know, mm -hmm. diet and lifestyle to actually see changes, mm -hmm. but we're still like this large unknown. So it's very, it's, it's a, very interesting. So primitive. everyone's like, Oh, we'll go out and explore space and all the solar systems. It's like, hang on a second. There's so much still to discover inside yeah. of us. We haven't yeah, even yeah, figured yeah. that out yet. <laughs> and isn't it, isn't it mind boggling that we have been living in our bodies all our lives and mm -hmm. a lot of people have no idea what's going on in there. Like I think that's mind boggling, but of course, you know, you know, we wouldn't be a, a functioning society if everybody was so fascinated with the body as we are, you know, That's nothing else would get done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'd be no buildings. There'd be no water supply. <laughs> but it is, people with yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and, and then the same, in the same token, you know, that's how all the systems of the body work together. You know, we all specialize in our different things for whatever reason, and we're all part of this bigger whole and contribute to this kind of, you know, overall one working system. Um, mm. And that's the same as our, our gut microbiome. And I guess on all levels of the universe, it's the same, really. Scales. Um, it's all the scales. Yeah. And that that's is, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to look at as well. And how it works, you don't have to understand it. You never will. But we need to start understanding it as a collective. Mm. yeah yeah absolutely and i and i find for myself anyways the more that i the more eagerness i mean i've got this hunger to learn like insatiably like i just i don't know i was just born with it um maybe it's maybelline um but <laughs> it, for, for i'm forever unfolding more and more and more you know and, and learning more and more and more and it's like the more you learn the more there is to know and it's like it's so like for nerds like us it's awesome you know because there's still so much more to learn imagine if we knew all there was to know it'd be so boring <laughs> but that's the thing you don't know all there is to know <laughs> yeah but uh, potentially yeah. on that what are your thoughts on living forever people say live forever you get bored would you ever get bored yeah yeah well i mean <laughs> if you knew that you were going to live forever you'd certainly get bored yeah exactly in the long run <laughs> surely you'd do everything there is to do right <laughs> well you would if you had infinite time <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Um, I think we we'll, <laughs> might have to wrap it up in a second. Is there anything else you want to share before you want to tell people where they can find out more about you or what you do? Because it sounds like there's like so much and you mentioned your course, which would be absolutely amazing. This is a one hour conversation. Um, yeah. It's probably everything you know. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I would, I would love for people before mm. they came to see me for a one-on-one consultation, I believe that everybody should basically like do this course, do my course, because it's going to help set people up for lifelong health Mm -hmm. because it's stuff that you can do. You don't need anybody else to do it. It's practically free. I mean, you have to shop anyway, so you just might choose different foods. You know, movement is free. You don't need a gym membership and mindset is free. You just need time. So, you know, I I think, and yeah, and and a desire and, you know, you get addicted to results once you see them and once you see how good you feel from implementing mm-hmm. these basic, simple things that, you know, I try so hard and it's, it's what I'm all about is to try and make things simple for people to understand. Like if I can understand the science, which takes a long time, I might reread things four or five times so that I understand yeah, yeah. it. I just want to make it accessible for people to understand. And if I can do that, I, you know, I've done my job because it will make a difference because if they understand it in a way that makes sense to them, and has meaning for them, mm-hmm. they will implement it. They will see these changes. They will be happier, healthier people, you know, and I can mm-hmm. see that ripple effect. So for me, it's really important for me to make things as simple as possible. And that yes. is really what my course is about. Um, it is, uh, if you go to my Instagram, which mm-hmm. is uh, cell to soul, which is C-E-L-L-T-O-S-O-U-L, or you we'll go to my link. personal Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> or you go to my personal Instagram, which is D dot Zabara, Z-I-B-A-R-A. Oh sorry, D is D-E-E dot Zabara. Okay, um, we'll link. The, the links are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the links are there. So um oh you'll give them the link. Sorry. Didn't yeah, you? we'll chuck it all in like the <laughs> description. People can easily just click through. Great. Perfect. <laughs> um but yeah, like I mean, you know. I haven't worked all that hard on my social media because I've been busy like learning the stuff and seeing the people. Um, but you know, I, my, that course has the basics. It's got the, the foundations that everyone needs. There's no doubt about that. And you know, I just hope people find value in that. If it's anywhere near as enlightening as this conversation, then it will sell itself. <laughs> Stop it, Daniel. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you very much for that. It's been an amazing conversation. So We'll get this out there to everybody as soon as we can. Thank you so much, Daniel. I've, I really, really enjoyed this. I love a good uh, conversation where you mm. can go deep very quickly and yeah, I feel like know, people so much are on the same go. page. Oh, heaps, heaps. We'll have to get you back for another podcast eventually. I feel yes. like I have a million oh questions God. and things. I've been <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Mm. Um, let me know and uh, we'll set it up. I'd love to do that. Yeah, awesome. And um, as like an afternote, I'll stop the recording now just do you yeah. want me to send all these recordings and links through or yeah, do you yeah, just want the finished good. finished one? Oh, finished one's fine ah, awesome yeah finished one's fine yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah, all done. share it around and you can you can do what you want yeah. with it. take your snippets then i can just like you know yeah edit it up and yeah preview it and all that sort of stuff. do it for all yeah. your stuff no problem at all yeah <laughs> your Instagram going. yeah oh my god my instagram i just I always think to myself, all these poor people that come onto my Instagram and there's like not, I don't have that many followers. Like I know my craft. It'll, just, it'll grow though. Like, yeah. You've yeah. got the knowledge and the passion. Like you just, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's good. Well, to, you know, 
I think podcasts are so great. You know, people can sort of see what you're about and get a feel for, do they like you? First of all, do they like what the message that you're selling, you know, that you're, that you're, I guess I was going to say selling, but you know, the messages that you're sharing and you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I always, I always go to a podcast before I buy a book or a course or anything. I'm like, is this person, can they give me something I can listen to and see if I like the way they describe it? The way they Yeah. And this is again, the smart buyer, like the try before you buy P.S. I want to get my hands on Enhance. Um, <laughs> we'll send you a tub. <laughs> Message oh, me through your no, address. It, we'll send you one. Oh, stop it. I didn't say that to you. Give me a free tub. But uh, I mean, I won't know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've uh, previously tried like kind of coffee enhance, and I, and I just don't do well on caffeine. I haven't had the, the gene test, but I'm sure mm. I'm a slow metabolizer. Yeah, me just too. Doesn't, I... Just doesn't. Yeah. So I would, lo- I would love to try it because I just think that I need something like that in my life. And, yes. um, and then is, does, does Calm and Boost have L-theanine in it as well? Um, they do, but they'd be used at different times. And we don't actually have right. them out yet. So that's yeah, the plan no, for I the company. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So once we, yeah. once we get yeah. to the next point, we're going to launch them both, yeah. probably one after the other, and then get it into the pack. So everyone can get the pack. And the pack will be everything you need. Yeah, so awesome. General health, your sleep, your sleep awesome. and your Boost one. I'm excited yeah. for getting that going. So this <laughs> is like, yeah. And I think just like, I just, I'm really so fascinated by like your journey because mm. I just think it is so cool to make a product. Like, you know, yep. I know that sort of sounds, but, but like, it's just, it's awesome. Like there's mm. something that, you know, you know, inside out back to front that you're putting out there for, for people to just, I just think it's so cool. And like, even the whole, like, surely you have somebody on your team who is like the like Uber, Uber, Uber geek who like mm. knows all this crazy, crazy. I mean, I know that you, you and Phil are well-educated anyways on this yeah, stuff, yeah. but Surely there's like the lab dude in the background mm, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Casey. You know? Oh yeah, you go on. Yeah, 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 he's in there. <laughs> We're just like, Casey, so what's cool. this? What's this research? Tell us what it means. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, because some of them are so confusing. You're like, oh, you're like sitting there like, oh, I'm trying to understand this because I know that there's something in there that's important, but I just, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a new paper comes out, one of our ingredients, but like, Casey, do we be worried? Do we know? Is yeah. this something good? Is it bad? Yeah. Like, put this in layman's terms, please. Just yeah. tell me, are they saying this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I need a person point. like that in my life. I need mm. a Casey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, there's, there's, there's so many layers to it, as you, as you keep saying. So, like, figuring it out, understanding the basic level, then actually figuring out that it's not what you thought. And then, oh, no, it's not what you thought again. And then it keeps saying. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Oh, my God. I can't tell you. I'm like a tab queen. I've got all these tabs open because there's something that I don't understand. I'm like, okay, hold on. What does that mean? Okay, hold on. What does that mean? Oh, they said mm. this sentence, but I have to know what this means first to know what that means to know what that, that, yeah. that, that, and to go back to the original paper <laughs> I was reading. 30 tabs later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tab queen. <laughs> Anyways, I actually have a client right now. Um, okay. So- <laughs> All right, I yeah, you go. go, you go. I'll, I'll um, get all this edited up and get it through to you and choose your address and get a tub out to you. Would love you also that. get your feedback, oh. someone who knows their stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. Mm, I know my stuff. <laughs> <Be good. laughs> all right, cool. so thank you so much. All right, thank you, thank you. Love the talk and uh, we'll speak soon, I'm sure. Yes, definitely will. All right, see you, Daniel. See ya. Bye. Bye.